trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
Another Friday it brings another round and another time for opening here at the resort. I'm Green Viper 8 and for the next two hours and perhaps two and a bit hours, we're going to be playing you some of the finest tracks from Hideki Naganu's back catalogue. And if you haven't picked up in it already, this is episode 50 of season 2, so um, you've made it this far without being cancelled. Then again, it, it was a bit of a worry in, in, in the old days because I, I could have actually been cancelled. And I'm not talking this new meaning, this new like social media cancelling. I mean a actually cancelled. <laughs> it was a bit of a worry at the beginning, but um, now, now I'm the boss. So if I cancel it, I say it's cancelled and... Um, not going to be doing that anytime soon. Soon, that is. But, yes, welcome to the show. Um, first of all, I do want to say, if you want to come and join the fun and in the chat room... What? That makes no sense. Sorry, I've just eaten dinner, so I'm a bit all over the place. It's been a bit of a, a bit of an odd day, but if you want to come and join the crazy fun in the chat room, there's only one place to go for that, and that is radiose.ga forward slash discord. If you have discord, you know what to do. If you don't have discord, just follow the link. It will prompt you to make a username. Make a username. And then you'll be in the chat room with various other figures, such as Superbike 2, Veritex, Rapid Run, Mick, myself, Jamie64326, and probably some others. So if you're listening, hello to you. If you're lurking, hello to you. We also had uh, Sergeant Kobold earlier on, Twinny as well, and the Blue Blur. Plenty of people hanging around. Also some people on Twitter, such as... Uh, we got quite a lot of people, such as Skyblaze... Um, Conorand Kanoe? Sorry if I mispronounced that. I'm desperately trying to read these out. Uh, we've got Awesome Row 60? Row. Row. Oh, Awesome Robo. I'm stupid. <laughs> got Awesome Robo. We've got Tyler W. And we've got Sarah. The likes of them. We've plenty of others though. So come and join the fun on Discord. Or if you're on Twitter, that is fine. At Radio Sega, at Topical Resort, at the Green Vibrate, or using the hashtag Topical Resort. So this week brings upon us um, not much, to be honest, especially in comparison to last week, where we had we had the pretty good E3 week. Um, I, I discussed how I feel like an old grumpy man about E3 uh, every year, more so uh, last week. So you can check out that episode of the podcast if you haven't already. But this week, um, in comparison to E3, we've had absolutely nothing. Um, there's been sort of no gaming news, really. Some stuff has come out, um, but nothing new is really happening at all. Um, so, in, in my own life, before I get on into like the gaming stuff, I, I, I went away this week. Yeah, I, I, I actually, you know, for once, took some time away. Some time from RS. I didn't do any RS work while I was away, even though it was two days. I'm, I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I'm very proud that I didn't do anything for once. Um, and then came immediately back and started work on this episode. And started chasing up other people for other things. So, all in all, busy, busy, busy. But, uh, no, I had a good time out. I mainly... Um, <laughs> The main thing I got out of my trip, to be honest, was um, video game collectibles, because that's just how I am. Uh, so I ended up picking up a Project Diva poster, which, yeah, Project Diva's pretty cool. And I picked up uh, one of the Sonic graphic novels. So that's, that's really my week. There were, there were almost some more pickups today, but I did hold back on that. Um, that's a story for, for just a second, though, but I want to know this week, have you guys... 
I normally ask what you've played, but um, have you bought anything new, anything interesting to add to the collection? Did you buy any groceries? Um, they're always quite nice. I, I enjoy eating groceries. Um, yeah, no, that's really been all my pickups this week, to be honest. Uh, I played some stuff as well. Played some Project Diva, if you saw my Twitch channel. Um, grinded it out for a few perfects. I got a few perfects out of it. Quite happy with the stream. Uh, I think I've got four now in the space of two days, which, yeah, I, I think I'm done with that at this point now. Um, but played some of that. I've, I finally got my PS2 working again, so I've been playing some stuff on my PS2 today. And Maricot 8. A lot of Maricot 8, surprisingly. Um, because I needed something to play on the Switch, because I had like five hour car journeys each way. So I needed something to play, so I was like, oh, I'll take Maricot 8 with me. I don't expect to play it, but I'll take it. Because I don't have uh, Team Sonic Racing on the Switch. So I took Mario Kart 8 with me, and I ended up blasting through all the game's time trials, most of the Grand Prix, so all of the 150cc ones, quite a few of the Mirror ones, and a, a few 200cc ones. And then I still had some time after that to play some other modes in um, in the game. So I, I got a lot of money's worth out of it. I haven't played the game in almost a year. And I got about 10 hours out of that trip overall, so I was actually very happy with that. I took Smash with me, because I expected to be playing Smash the entire time, because I'm more of a fan of that than I am of Mario Kart 8. Just 8 in particular, I like the rest of the Mario Karts, but I ended up really enjoying it, actually. Um, I still don't think it's the golden standard of kart races, but it is a very fun game. Just don't put it on a pedestal saying this is the best thing ever in existence, because it really is and it has problems, but... It's still a fun game, regardless. Um, speaking of games that hold pe uh, that people hold up on pedestals, Crash Team Racing Nitro Kart came out this week. Uh, I'm gonna get hate mail for that one. And there hasn't been any hate mail for the game. I'm very shocked by that. And I sort of knew it was gonna be that way to begin with because Crash Bandicoot's the best thing ever. You can't can't um, dispute Crash because he's just the bestest and he has the greatest video game. But I knew that was going to happen immediately, but seriously, some of the reviews, really? I've been seeing multiple 10 out of 10s or 5 out of 5s. What? I don't own the game, but I've seen issues that make me think, that is not a 5 out of 5 game. And people are going to say, oh, it's subjective. The online is not subjective, the online is somehow worse than Team Sonic Racing's, which was already horrible. Team Sonic Racing's online was a very low bar, and they somehow went underneath it. I was watching a stream of the Switch version, literally just now, I was eating my dinner while watching it, and um, th this guy, um, his Twitch alias is Mr. Bean, some of you might have heard of him if you're in the Maricart community. He, uh, his Switch was completely bugged. Like, as in, his Switch is now a vector for an almost virus online. So, if you connect to his Switch, it'll transmit this bug to you. So, the, the bug, how it goes, um, basically, is... Um, it will stop the game's position tracker from updating. So, what I'm specifically meaning here is... You'll still be connected to the lobby, so you'll be playing with the other people online. They'll still be using items, and they'll still be moving, but they will jump all over the screen, because the game is telling you, oh, they're still in the game, and they're here, they're here, they're here, but they're not... The game isn't telling you how fast they're going. 
Therefore, it can't make them realistically move. So they just jump all over the shop. So somehow his switch has become a vector. So if you connect his game, you will get that glitch. Immaculate, ten out of ten game. It really is worthy of the score. And everyone, there's been other. The PS4 version has that issue, but the PS4 version got patched as of today. But Xbox One and Switch still have it. Like, that's not even a subjective thing. That is objectively horrible programming. How did you give the game a 10 out of 10? Even in the reviews I saw 10 out of 10 for, they said, oh, there's a few cons. Well, if it has cons, how is it perfect? <laughs> that is a 9 out of 10. That is not 10. It has cons. You do not understand how reviews work <laughs> at all. But no, um, yeah, the, the Crash Team Racing bias has continued even after the game's release. It is the best thing since sliced bread, as usual. But it has bugs. Also, oh yeah, I saw on uh, Mr. Bean's stream that he crashed the game by going onto the title screen. So, literally, just loading the title can crash the game. 10 out of 10! Couldn't go wrong. But, um, despite this, I was actually quite tempted to pick it up today. After all the shade I have thrown at it on this show, for, I think, being overhyped, and all this stuff I've been seeing on Twitch and on YouTube about all the glitches, I still almost bought the game. I'm very lucky that I didn't have my wallet with me, otherwise I would have dropped the money on it. Because I had the money at the time, which um, should be going out at some point today, because um, I do actually have a pre-order down for Mario Maker 2 that should be coming out at some point of my account. So I would have had to cancel that, and I'm sort of glad I didn't cancel that, and we're going to get the usual who is Mario in the chat, etc. But that game's going to probably have way more replay value. But it doesn't have any amiibo costumes like the first game did, so that means no Sonic levels, therefore um, I'm not I'm not interested in that now. Yeah. Mario's okay, but specifically Mario Maker's pretty cool. I like seeing what people can get up to in those games. I, Sonic doesn't have an equivalent now that PlaySega's gone. You should check out that episode as well. I know that's a shameless plug. But the PlaySager episode is really one of my favourites. And it just suddenly popped into my head. Oh right, Sonic had a level creator, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, let, let's see what you guys have been saying down in the chat room. We haven't talked anything relating to what we're meant to be doing. And also, Alex has just messaged in the wrong channel. Hi Alex, um, you, you're in the tech support channel. But Alex Coppertone is with us as well. Uh, we've also got some others, I think, potentially joined us, like... Uh, Supersonic Swag, Mick, did I say Mick? I don't remember if I said Mick. Oh well, we got you guys as well. Thank you for joining the crazy fun. Uh, let's scroll back up to the beginning of what you were all saying. Because uh, there was just some general talk about work, etc. Jamie says please cancel the show. Okay. Be careful what you wish for. I, I will cancel the show. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, aside from that, what else do we have? I think ah yeah, we had Superbike asking me when does my dog, when does my job start? Which is a good question. The projected start date um, is the first of July, which is I should know what day that is. Day of the week. That is a Monday, huh? That is very good timing. But that is my projected start date. Uh, the only thing I'm waiting for is for some reason they hired me before they'd actually ask my references if I exist and I am a good worker. Yeah, I, I don't get that one myself, but... Um, strangely enough, 
I haven't told the story on the show, and um, this person might be listening on the podcast. If you are, hello. Hello to you on the podcast. If anyone else is listening, hello to you as well. I've been very slow on saying that one today. Um, but uh, a certain person, a certain Mr. ex-Mr. Radio Sega, was still on my references list when I signed up to uh, the job. So as a result, he got a nice little email saying, Hello, uh, does, does Dan exist? Can you please verify the... I don't actually know what they said. But uh, but it was probably something along those lines, because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but I don't want to go too much into it until the deal is in place, but, yeah, Mr. Radio Sega got a nice little email on Wednesday, I think it was, so, hello, um, please, please verify you are human, so you click the capture, job done, really. Um, Jamie is saying that Activision may be paying for reviews. That was my first thought, actually. But um, I think Eurogamer has a slight bit more integrity. They were one of the ones who gave it 10 out of 10. But um, I, I don't know. I thought I, I don't think they're the greatest review site, but I think they have a bit more integrity than getting paid off by Activision. Not much. A bit. Slight amount. Um, okay. Superbike <laughs> says, Mrs. W was offered her new job and then told to wait whilst they created the job. Right, I don't think I'm going to top that. I'm going to have to leave it there because there is, there is no way you can top that level of pure genius. There is no other way to describe it, but shall we get on over into the trivia coast? I think it's a good time to do so. And I actually have my hotkeys back tonight so I can do this relatively quickly. Trivia coast time. Trivia Coast. So, welcome to the Trivia Coast, our weekly game show where you are working to earn points because, I don't know, points are attractive or something, I guess. I'm going to ask you three questions. One hard question, one medium question, and one easy question. The hard question is worth five points, the medium question worth three and the easy question is worth one. You can only play this game on Discord, so once again, radiofce.ja forward slash Discord. And you have to private message me. I am greenviperate hashtag 6383. That is how you can private message me on the service. And once I've asked you a question, you can continue to answer any other one. So say I ask you the medium question, you can still continue to answer the hard question all the way until the final jingle says no more entries on your end. But, yes, Google is allowed, since someone will probably ask it, but it is more of a tool in your arsenal rather than the key to your success. That's how we're crowning it tonight. And tonight's questions, I think, are all in all quite... quite tough to get. Um, you'll see why. I think they're just a bit horribly worded more than anything, and someone will say, have you got the questions right right round? I think I have. I, I'm fairly certain this is the right way round, but I think the easy question is... I had to reword that because I thought it was a tad hard, the original wording for it. But, um, yeah, I've got. I've still got to talk about Hideki Nakanubra after this because we haven't said a single thing about him. But we're going to do that after the hard questions. I want to give you guys as much time as possible to answer the question. The hard question. The original Jet Set Radio had a real-life graffiti contest as a marketing campaign, but also had the ability to download custom graffiti in-game. Sadly, this feature was omitted from the HD release, but to try and make up for it, Sega held a contest to create custom graffiti. What is the online alias of the creator of the game's Sega Graffiti? 
So, what is the online alias of the creator of the 2012 re-releases, Sega Graffiti? Let me know on Discord, you've got plenty of time to answer that one. Um, and yeah, so we've got various songs coming up from Hideki Naganuma tonight, and for the most part they're going to be in order. There might be some, some breaks from order, but I'm trying to do it in the sort of most... Uh, I'm trying to do it in chronological, while also being slightly fitting. If that makes sense, but for the most part, this is all chronological, except for your requests, which are coming up in just a second. But um, well, it all starts in one place, really, because he had some he had some small work on the sides on certain titles. Um, I actually now want to bring up the Wikipedia list just just to be safe, because I can remember them, but I want to be doubly safe. So we're going to be getting into the hasty history in just a second, but I will say for now. That Hideki Naganuma's first game was in 1998, known as Hip Jog Jog. But there isn't any music really floating around for that one at all. So instead we're going to go into his second game that he did music for. As far as I know, at least. Maybe Wikipedia is wrong, but the second game he did music for. And it's a huge hit for Sega. And it's not the one you're thinking of. It's from the Dreamcast version of Sega Rally 2, and this is a track known as Slippin'. Enjoy the music.
Hello, I'm Hideki Naganuma, and you are listening to Radio Sega. Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Hasty History. Well, th- thanks, announcer lady. You took ages to come in there. I don't know what, what's up here, but welcome back to the Top of Resort. We are here on Radio Sega, and that was a track from Guru Guru Onsen, known as, well, the theme of Guru Guru Onsen. The remastered version, which was a game I've never heard of before, but it was released in 1999, and it doesn't have a Wikipedia page, but I'm going to Sega Retro it as we speak. Thank you for being a useful resource, unlike Wikipedia. There was a second one, which I didn't know. Um... I think it's like my.、Uh, no, it's a table game. Right, that's very helpful. Now I know it's a table game,、um, I'm set for life, really. There's nothing else that can go wrong. Everything is smooth sailing from here on out. What the hell is a table game when it's at home?、Uh, but Guru Guru Onsen, it's a game that exists and it was on the Dreamcast in 1999. Other games that were on the Dreamcast in 1999 were Sega Rally 2, and that was. Slipping!、Um, I, don't, I don't remember where Slipping plays in the game actually. I had the.、Uh, Sega Rally 2 was the first game I got for my Dreamcast. I got two copies of it with my Dreamcast. 
neither of which had the box, but I have two copies of Sega Rally 2. But, in a recent twist, a turn of events, I have a third copy of Sega Rally 2. Because I really wanted a Japanese copy, and I went to a retro shop, because surprisingly I actually found a retro shop in the south of England. They exist! And we had to drive like two hours to get to it, but they exist! And it was smack bang in the middle of London, I think it was on Tower Bridge. But they exist! And I got a copy of Sega Rally 2, and it was £10, but I, I don't care, I was there. I wasn't going to go back home and get it for cheap when it was there in the flesh. So I have a Japanese copy of Sega Rally 2 now, which actually has the box. So I'm thankful for that, at least. I'd rather have that version on display than the European version. Because European Dreamcast games suck. Let's really say is that Slip and Plays during one of the stages on the 10-year mode. There we go. I don't know what the 10-year mode is, but uh, it's the 10-year mode. So, Sega Rally 2 is one of those games that I really keep meaning to play, and I just never do. Once again, it was the only game I had in my Dreamcast for like six months. No, it wouldn't have been six months. It would have been like two until I got uh, Sonic Adventure and Jet Set, actually. I got them both in a bundle for £10. Bargain. But, yeah, I had it, and I didn't really play it. Of all things, I played Sega Swirl more, and Sega Swirl's a brilliant game, but... One, when I got my Dreamcast, I wasn't exactly a budding Sega fan. I was just a Sonic fan. So to think that I played... To think that I played Sega Swirl, like the world's most obscure game, more than I played Sega Rally 2 is a bit weird to me to comprehend nowadays. But hey, I can appreciate Sega Swirl now as a Sega fan, not just a Sonic fan. But back then... No, not really. But hey, that's a thing that exists. I should play Sega Rally 2 again now. Perhaps there's an incentive to stream it um, once I can actually get an HD upscale of my Dreamcast and I can get a VGA box I don't have one of them either. But once I do that, then I can actually stream Dreamcast, which would be cool. I haven't done that in years. I used to have, um, I think it was a Dazzle. Yeah, it was a Dazzle. Um, and I used to stream Dreamcast, but this was back when you could stream on Twitch, not in HD. You could stream in standard definition on Twitch. And people would actually watch you. I remember those days. Nowadays, I couldn't get away with that. So <laughs> we're just going to have to wait until I can shill out hundreds of pounds to get an HD Dreamcast set up. Thank you, changing Twitch standards. Oh, well. Anyway, it's time for the Hasty History segment. Do you remember when we are going to talk about that? Uh, Hasty History is the part of the show where we go over the history of something relating to the topic of the episode as quickly as possible. And we actually have something to hastily go over for the first time in flipping ages. Or slipping ages, should I say? Ha ha, budumch. I don't have a sound effect for that. But uh, we're obviously going to go over the history of Hideki Naganuma, because what else can you really go over at this point? And yes, this is personal history, but mainly it's history in composition, because that's more what's known about. So the only bit of personal info we really have is Hideki was born on May 16th, 1972, in Hokkaido, Japan. It is unknown when his interest in music began as a whole. But at age 5, influenced by his older sister, he began to play the electronic organ. Although many people like to say this is where his musical career began, I would attribute this to his interest in Western music at age 14, leading him to compose his own music and to convince himself that he wanted a job in the music industry. He didn't want to jump into video games immediately, however, as while working as a bartender between the years of 1993 and 97, he would do some DJ work on the side. Um, at the exact same time, he had plans to become a J-pop singer-songwriter. Not many people know that. But he packed in these plans at some point around 1998. 
His reasoning for doing so is a little muddy, but in the same year he sent a demo tape to Sega and would end up joining them, first doing voice editing and graduating to composing for the game Hip Jog Jog. His first big name title would come in 1999, and it's not the one you're thinking of, we've already used that gag. Hideki has... Uh, has... Uh, Hideki has had his hand in many songs in the Dreamcast release in Sega Rally 2, widely considered to be the better soundtrack of all the versions, and in this year he would also compose for Guru Guru Onsen. We're finally at the game that everyone says put Naganuma on the map. JRO Pat was released for the Dreamcast in 2000. Jet Set Radio was first released on June 29th, 2000 in Japan and was re received extremely well at the time, with the reception only seeming to improve and increase as the years went on. Despite Hideki's music going down on Jet Set a treat, many people still don't know that he continued to do voice and sound effects work long into his career at Sega. Daytona USA 2001 was one of those games that he provided the sound effects for, although there's no definitive list anywhere. His more obscure work continued, scoring, not literally, a song for the third J-League Pro Soccer Club game, but that would be skipping it. Po uh, but that would be skipping his possibly most famous work to date, 2002's Jet Set Radio Future. Whereas the first, oh, whoops, hang on, um, <laughs> where have I gone? Whereas the first game and the soundtrack are beloved cult classics. JSRF and its music are practically mainstream culture in 2019, with the games having a huge online fan base and the music even being more popular with younger generations, younger than the game, or younger than the game itself. The soundtrack has had more streams than the majority of Sega soundtracks on Spotify monthly, being around 10,000 per month, and the, despite the huge resurgence in sales of Xbox consoles so people can play the game, Sega still haven't jumped on the bandwagon themselves and done anything with JSRF or the series as of 2002. There was also one one side note worth mentioning, however, 2004's Ollie King. It was an arcade skater game largely reminiscent of Top Skater from years prior, but whereas Top Skater had Pennywise, Ollie King got Hideki back in action. The game is usually conceived as pretty good, but remained an arcade exclusive and didn't appear in all that many venues. This is one case where the soundtrack is much more notable and also more accessible than the game itself. Another large break came for Hideki and possibly the game with the largest mainstream audience of any of his work yet. Sonic Rush hit the shelves with a relatively new DS in 2005 and gained momentum due to being one of the first DS games that wasn't a remake worth playing. What? Oh. Eh? I've written that weirdly. Oh well. Myself, personally, it was my first experience with a Hideki soundtrack, but also a current Sonic game, having been stuck on a Master System for a few years. Even though as a child I got stuck on the first level for a year or so, Right There Ride On was so infectiously catchy that it stuck with me for years after that point, eventually leading me to rediscover the soundtrack in the early 2010s, leading to it becoming my favourite OST for a long while. Still probably is. Sonic Rush's sequel, known as Sonic Rush Adventure, would release in 2007, and the plan was to bring Hideki back, but due to being blocked by his boss for being in the Yakuza team, the work was handed over to various composers, the most noteworthy of which being the now Sonic series music director, Tomoya Otani. On the subject of his work with the Yakuza team, Yakuza 1 also released in 2005 and would be his last role editing audio, with him handling the voices. His future work in Yakuza would all be in the composition chair, with him handing tracks for Yakuza Kenzen. 2006 had some work on the Sega Rally reboot known as Sega Rally Revo, but also a new series, Super Monkey Ball. He was brought on board to do the theme for, Shmoo, uh, for Smooth Sherbert on Banana Blitz, speculated to be a remix of a track from Touch and Roll. 
although it has never been confirmed or denied by the man himself. It does, however, bear lots of similarities to Raising Me Up, having some, similar mel having some similar melodies and sharing samples. It was around this time that Hideki came a little tired of work for Sega, mainly due to his contract more than anything. 2006 saw him work on the anime Jintama, composing a single track. It was around this time that an imitator popped up. He went by the name Skank Funk, and his first publicly known composition is for the Air Gear anime, said to take inspiration itself from Jet Set Radio. Skank Funk at one point even worked for Sega, at least freelance, with him doing some work on Yakuza Black Panther 1 and 2, Super Monkey Ball 3D and Yakuza 5. Skank Funk was admittedly or was finally forced to come clean due to conspiracy theories around 2014, with multiple people figuring out his true identity. It was, of course, Hideki using the alias to avoid contractual problems. It seems that even though the Skank Funk name was used to avoid being detected by Sega when he was still working for them, in order to do music for them once he left in 2008, he was forced to use the same name. And it worked, so give him credit for that. Once the cat was out of the bag, he started to do freelance work under his known own name, having since done work for Dead Heat, War uh, Dead Heat Riders, War of Brains, Hover Revolt of Gamers, now known as just Hover, Lethal League Blaze, and Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight. It seems that after all these years, he's finally back in a functional relationship with Sega, or at the very least Atlas. Who knows what songs on what games we could see down the line. That, there you have it, that is the hasty history of Hideki Naganuma, the man I've had. In all things, all things considered, a pretty short history in Sega, especially compared to a lot of other composers. Even though he was there for 10 years, he did, he did a decent amount in that time, but there's been some composers who've done loads and loads during um, the space of 10 years, but I guess that's what you get when you're making a bit more of a niche genre of music, but... It's a niche genre that is now hitting the mainstream and we couldn't be any happier with that as Sega fans, or just generally fans of his work, I guess. Speaking of being fans of his work, there is still plenty of time to request some music, so if you're a fan of any of his music, if you're not a fan, then there is still room in the request resort segment. Just private message me or send me a message on Discord or on Twitter telling me what song you would like to hear from any game, probably including some non-Sega ones, and they will be lined up on the instant. That's right people, on the instant. We've got three tracks coming up in the block but there is still more room so get to it. I know you can. But uh, while you get requesting, I'm gonna go and head on over into the Trivia Coast because there's still plenty of time to get in the rest of your answers. But there's still even more time to ask you the next two questions. Trivia Coast So you may recall last time I asked you the question which I now have to look up because I don't have it to ha I have it to hand, I don't have the short form version to hand. Because I always read out the long version then I'll read out the short version again when it scrolls back round. So tonight's trivia- no, I'm not reading that. Um, what is the online username of the creator of the Sega, of the Sega Graffiti from the HD board of Jet Set Radio? So, what is the online username of the creator of the Sega Graffiti from the HD port of Jet Set Radio? You got that one? That's the hard question. Still plenty of time to answer that, but while you try and get around to answering that, maybe you can have a bit of an easier time with the medium one. 
Hideki is mostly known for his game music, but some would also known for his anime soundtracks. What was the name of the DVD he composed a song for? So what was the name of the DVD Hideki composed a song for? Let me know your answer on Discord and a private message. But it's time for some requests and I'm going to kick things off with a request of my own because I'm like that. And I didn't have anywhere else written the show, but it's still going in chronological order, at least on my part. From J.R.A. Pat, or a game known as J.R.A. Pat for Dreamcast, this is the remastered version of Ebb and Flow right here on the Topical Resort. Request Resorts.
Take the don'ts. He's coming out again for a new point. Get your bets now, ladies and gentlemen. Four fours to point, mark four. Ace, two, scrap, 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 mark four. Ace, two, ace, ace, two, scrap, scrap, one, four. Scrap, one, four. Who wants the, wants the hard four? Five, wants four. Check me out, job. Ladies and gentlemen.
place your bets, ladies and gentlemen.
And that there was a track known as Funky Fresh Beats, or rather, Ain't Nothing Like a Funky Beat, from Lethal League Blaze. Now it's requested by Supersonic Swag. Before that, from Sega Rally 2006, also known as Sega Rally Revo, that was Boosted. Before that, from Sonic Rush, that was Velanova, nowadays known as the theme of Blaze the Cat. But before that, it was just known as Velanova, the theme of the... Ultra button mashy boss fight from Sonic Rush, the one which killed everyone's hands. That one, the the, the, the home of that one. For uh, that was requested by um. Oh, I need to remember your name now. I know your name, but I just want to double check. Sorry, no Kitsune in on the Discord. Speaking of which, hello to you. Hello to um Acecroft, Skyblaze. Uh, there was someone else as well. I think I've missed you wherever you are. Oh uh, no, Alex is already here. Who was it then? I saw someone earlier on. Reveal yourself, Cal. Uh, no, it was Doan, actually. I, I can't say those things about Doan. Doan's too nice to say those things about. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us in the chat in the meantime while I've been playing your requests. For that, from Sonic Rush was Wrapped in Black. That one was remixed. Uh, no, it wasn't remixed. He would never remix anything, this man. Because it's BrickGamer98. That was requested by him. For that, from Jet Set Radio Future and from Jamie64326, aka Mr. Wonderman. Aka Mr. Rexy Wonderfan, aka uh, PT Kickass, aka Green Vibrate, aka Jamie Wonder Suck. He has a lot of names. Uh, he requested Funky Dealer, and that was from Jet Set Radio Future, as they said. Kicking off the block from JRA Pat for Dreamcast. It's a horse racing game, isn't that exciting? That was Evan Flow, the remastered version. I haven't heard that before tonight, and it's super chill. There's a, there's a few soundtracks that we've played tonight, actually, that we don't have on the playlist at all, which is shocking. And there's some coming up later on which we have, but the versions which Hideki himself has uploaded are significantly higher quality, so perhaps we should get around to fixing that at some point. I really should. There's a lot of stuff on the playlist that I need to fix. Some of you guys have finally started getting the answer for the medium question, thank goodness, because you were all telling me how it was way harder than the hard question and you couldn't get it, and, and you actually finally started getting it just as the show's started back up again, or at least the talking started back up again, so, well done, pat, pat, pat. Anyway, it's time for the segment where we just ramble about nothing, but isn't that every segment? Shut up. Uh, so I'm just going to be talking about the games, my opinions on them, would I recommend the music, would I recommend you play them, should you purchase them, should you download them, all that sort of stuff. Um, Jamie has mentioned I should say something on the air in case people are interested. Uh, he says, can you make a mention in case anyone is interested? Freedom Planet is available right now to order through limited run games. There you go. Do you have a PS4 or a Switch? Do you like physical video games? Do you like Freedom Planet? Uh, you probably do. So go over to the limited run games website and get yourself a limited edition copy of the Freedom Planet physical copy. I don't know why they haven't done one yet, but hey, it's Freedom Planet. Go buy it. It's good. It's good stuff, people. It's okay. Um, okay, I'd say, personally. Uh, I wouldn't rate it any higher. There's better 2D games nowadays, like Spark the Electric Jester, which we're in. Ooh, nice. No, I, I think it's a better game regardless of that, really, to be honest, than Freedom Planet. Maybe the second one will surprise me, but the first one, it was good for the time, but I think we just have better 2D retro revival speed platformers now. It feels a little... It only came out a few years ago, but it feels a little bit dated in comparison to the revival games we have currently, I think. 
Which sounds weird because it's purposely dated, but you understand what I meant if you were in my shoes. I'm not wearing shoes. I've got slippers. They count. I don't think they really count. Um, uh, and Sonic socks, apparently. I didn't even realise I was wearing them. Um, that's besides the point. Jet Set Radio. It's a good game. Um, I beat Jet Set Radio, the original, on Xbox One, because it's backwards compatible. Uh, in preparation for Hover, which I also got on Xbox One. And Hover was flipping awful. I've ranted about this on my stream before. Hover is dreadful. And that's also a game that is coming out via limited runs. Limited runs. Yeah, I have the runs when playing that. Um, it's coming out via limited run very soon. And I grumbled and moaned about that because people praise that game to the sun. And I really don't like it that much. Uh, if anyone is listening in who came from the Hideki retweet earlier, they're probably huge Jet Set Radio and Hover fans and wouldn't like me saying that. But I thought it was dreadful. I couldn't stand it. It was... What if we had Jet Set Radio, but we just sort of had a bland open world that felt like they had nothing to do, and instead of tagging walls and avoiding the police, you're a virtual postman. That's what I. It just felt like a fetch quest, a huge fetch quest in this massive world that I don't care about at all. I don't care about any of the characters, I don't care about the locations, just I'm in this huge open world that has. That has a bunch of people online in it, but I don't really want to talk to them. I just want to play the game, and all I got to do is deliver game consoles to people. Like, so much fun. I, there's a reason I uninstalled it day one. It's so boring. Um, you you might get more enjoyment out of it than I did, but I just I just couldn't stomach it at all. I like the Jet Set Radio games, not my cuppa. But anyway, um, back to the point of Jet Set Radio, because now I've got Hover out of the way, I don't talk, I have to talk about that later. Um, yeah, is Mirror's Edge Catalysting? You're, uh, Chaddix, Ace Croft, you're completely right. It, it is Mirror's Edge Catalyst. That is an incredibly good comparison to make. But the original Jet Set Radio is good. It's a bit clunky in places, but I, I still do enjoy it. Um, there's, some st there's some problems with the HD port, specifically the PC version, you have to hex edit the EXE because it doesn't save properly and for the most stupid reason in existence so if you go into the EXE uh, on the, on a hex editor and you search for the word save you will see that the word save is all lowercase so the game can't save because it wants it to be uppercase so in order to make the game save you change the lowercase save to an uppercase save because it's written in words you, you replace the words, and then it's save. Uh, uh, what? It's ludicrous. And they still haven't fixed it. The game came out seven years ago, and that's still a bug. How? I don't know, but Jet Radio, great game. Stands the test of time fairly well. The camera has problems. The, the English localization, where they just changed random stuff, like the... Spoilers, the fact that Professor K is no longer reading out the end credits for absolutely no reason at all, even though he does in the Japanese version. There are some really weird English localization quirks, like the fact they added an entirely new chapter as well. Um, it, it, it's, it's weird. But it's still a good game, I'd still recommend it, but maybe play it on the original Dreamcast version. And if you're feeling a bit, a bit ballsy because it's a bit harder, maybe play the original Japanese version on Dreamcast, because your mileage may vary with that version. Jet Set Radio Future, I really haven't played too much of this game, um, 
when I was messing around with Xbox hacking, I did uh, download the game onto my hard drive. <laughs> It's okay, because I own the game now. Actually, that same shop that I got Sega Rally 2 from, irony, I got a US copy of Jet Set Radio Future from, which the Xbox is region locked, but because I have that Xbox, it means that I can just play the game. And I've been meaning to, but I've had other stuff to do. Like like play various collectathon platformers, because Banjo was announced to Smash, and they announced that uh, SpongeBob Battle of Bikini Bottom remake. Um... Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Um, but Jets of Ready Future is one I keep meaning to get round to. I bought the game back in March properly. And every time I played it, I've really enjoyed it. I just haven't officially owned it, but now I do. Uh, I, I wants me to read something out because I've just slowly become... Um, I've just slowly become the plug machine tonight, I guess, which I'm fine with. Uh... He asked, can we have a shout out for Greg Chun? Shout out to Greg Chun. Absolute legend. Seriously. I'm blown away with um, just how much support he's been giving the Radio Sega. Like, first of all, he did those... Um, he did those idents, which you can check out on the stream, or I've played them on the show before, and it's just, hey, you listen to Radio Sega, this is Greg Chun. Which we were expecting to be a phone recording, and he ended up, you know, recording them in a professional studio, which I was... Oh, I was starstruck by it. it was awesome, and then he gave us a shout on Twitter, and then he made a forum account, and I'm just, oh, I'm so blown away. No one has ever gone that far, um, you know, um, promoting us and being a part of the community. I really appreciate it. Huge shouts to him. And now I has just said he announced that he's uh, voicing Ryoji. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be really he's, he's, he's voicing Ryoji in uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion on Netflix, which I hear the voice acting is very because it came out today. I hear the voice acting is very good, but the script, ooh, the script, it's a bit saucy. But um, I, I'll leave it there on that one. But um, they remove they remove some interesting things, like they removed a lot of references to uh, homosexuality, which. 2019 people, you had it in the 90s version of the show, but 2019 is too much. Okay, sure. But aside from that, no. Very good voice acting. I have Netflix, I should probably watch it, but I don't want to be depressed for the next six months, so um, maybe it might be time to pass on that one until the mental state's a bit better. Um, just possibly. Anyway, back to business. Uh, or in this case, back to video games. Uh, there's not too many really... I'm sort of running out of ones that I can comment on. Because there's a lot of these that I just haven't played, I've only heard the music of. Uh, I'll bundle both of these into one, the Black Panther New Yakuza Chapter and Black Panther 2 Yakuza Chapter Ashura. Never played them. Very good music though, I hear they're pretty good spin-offs. The, they are the first game in the series to not feature Kiryu Kazuma, so um, Shin Yakuza, or is that the name of it? Either way, Yakuza, the new one that doesn't feature um, Kiryu and Yakuza Online and Judgment. They're not the first. Black Panther New Yakuza Chapter was the first to not feature Kiryu. Someone's going to probably be really pedantic and say Yakuza Kenzan or something. But it, it's clearly meant to be Kiryu. It doesn't count. That, that's just picking at Hez at that point. Um, splitting Hez. I, I don't know, but it, it, the point I'm trying to get at here is... No, they, these are the first games. I can't remember the protagonist now, though, but uh, they're cool games, just... Not in English, and I think there might be a fan translation. 
floating around now, but yeah. Had a bit of a change of heart. Wouldn't want, even though it's not available in English, wouldn't want to download it onto my PSP. I'd want to get a proper physical copy, but uh, it's a bit difficult to import PSP games. They're not readily available like PS4 games are, for example, or retro games are if they're imports. It's sort of the sixth gen is sort of a sixth and seventh gen of really actually just seventh gen mainly seventh gen is just really hard to get imports for they're very expensive anything before or after that is fine it's just seventh gen it's odd hip-hop jog know nothing about it haven't heard the music uh j league pro soccer club soccer club oh Tsukuro three don't know anything about it. It's a football game, though. Football games are quite big in Japan, surprisingly. People seem to be shocked by that, but Japan are pretty good at their football. Jerry Pat, it's a horse racing game. I don't particularly like horse racing, except for um, when I win the jackpot at Christmas. The family jackpot. I like it then. I got a tenner a year ago. It's about the most I've ever liked horse racing, to be honest. I think I came dead last this year. But um, aside from gambling, um, no. But I don't ever put any money to the pot, so it's not gambling, people. Anyway, <laughs> Jerry Pat, it's probably a good game. Better music than gameplay, probably. I'd say, though. Ollie King, uh, I can't really comment because I've never played it. I've played Top Skater, though, and everyone says Top, Top Skater plays really similarly. Top Skater is very good. The music to Ollie King's the standout part. Brilliant soundtrack, probably good gameplay. Just good luck finding a cabinet of it. Persona 3, Dancing in Moonlight. Yeah, very good rhythm game. Um, I Have I talked about this one on the show before? I think I have, because... I seem to remember last time I said the problem I had with the Persona dancing games. Now that they're on console, I never used to have this issue with them. Now they're on console, the HUD is just too big. Now that you're playing the game on like a 50 inch TV, the HUD is absolutely massive. So much so that I actually think it's quite difficult to see the notes. Like I was playing the demo on my downstairs TV and it was just too much. It was physically too much to take in. Um, you've just got to focus your eyes on so many different parts of the screen um at least when um I, I would have the same complaint about the project eva games like the miku games but they're pretty good at that in the sense of the hud is very small which also should make it quite difficult but um if you've ever seen gameplay of those games um how it sort of works is the hud isn't stationary in the middle but rather the notes dart all around the screen so they can be b bottom right and then they will slowly move over to the bottom left and up to the top, etc. The notes, even though they move about the screen a lot to avoid um, you sort of having like eye strain, they sort of guide you along the screen so even though you're constantly moving your eyes about, you never really feel strained. I don't know if that would necessarily have worked in the Persona dancing games, but they were completely fine. It was easy to look at on the Vita versions, but on the big screen, it's just a bit too much to play, to the point where I think it's actually difficult to play the game quite well, and this is coming from someone who considers themselves pretty pretty up there in rhythm games. I'd, if you had to rate me on the rhythm game scale, I'd be at 7 out of 10, I'd say. But, um... I find it really difficult. It's just too much to focus on. It, it's physically too much for my... This isn't me making it up, it is literally too much for my brain to take in, because um, the, it's, the HUD is just so huge on the street, on the screen, it is hard to concentrate on. It's it's weird. They should have done some quality of life for the PS4 versions, in my personal opinion. But they, it has really good music, but I still think I prefer the soundtrack to Persona 5, Dancing All Night, actually. Uh, I gotta say. 
but Persona 3 had some good uh, remi- or Persona 3 Dancing had some good remixes but yeah yeah so, Sega Rally 2 I've already talked about Sega Rally Revo I actually have Sega Rally Revo I bought it a few months ago but I've rather traditionally not played it yet because we went uh, we Veritex I and Ravseeg went through this phase where we sort of played um, Sega Rally Online Arcade a lot, the de- the now delisted Sega Rally game, um, which is heavily based on Sega Rally 2006, because we found codes for it online, so we've all been playing the game quite a bit. And um, I've just sort of had this gap, because surely you'd think I'd want to play the Sega Rally 2006, because it has significantly more content in it than Sega Rally Online Arcade, which has about three tracks. But despite that, um, no, I just haven't played Sega Rally Revo at all. I've only played Online Arcade. But Revo, if Online Arcade is anything to go by, it's a great game, and I'd recommend you play it. And actually, I do tell a fib. Um, We used to have Sega Rally Revo on PC, and this is a time for a personal story. I don't... I don't tend to tell childhood stories too much on the show. I tend to tell stories of stuff I've done throughout the week, but not really childhood stories. But um, I think I I don't I couldn't tell you when, but it was my dad's birthday one year. It must have been relatively close to when the game came out, 2007, I want to say. Um, he got Sega Rally Revo for PC, and we had a uh, ThinkPad. You know, shouts to Doomgo and all that for the ThinkPad uh, Master Race, but. Uh, we had a thick pad at the time, and the disk drive was slowly on the blink, but the point I'm trying to get at is it wasn't a very good computer, so I really don't know how it ran the game, and I don't have too many memories of how it ran the game. But it booted. You could actually play it. Not very well, I imagine, but you could play it. But, uh, yeah, we had Sega Rally Revo, or 2006 at one point, and um, one day I put it in the computer, and, yeah, the disk drive wouldn't open. Uh, you know, bad luck, right? You can't get the disc out. Um, the disc drive had to be pried open, with it destroying the copy of Sega Rally. Um, and this was when it still cost £30. Um, do I feel quite guilty about that? Yeah, still, still feel quite guilty about that. But <laughs> it's a childhood memory nonetheless. It's the only memory I have of the game, actually playing it, is um, the disc getting snapped from having to force it out the drive. So, uh, great child overall, uh, really a pleasure to live with, didn't make your life a living hell. I, I don't really think it was my fault, but um, there-, there were some coarse words thrown my way once the disc was broken, but I just put the game in the drive, <laughs> you know, and it snapped. Very sad, very sad memory on that one. Uh, either way, Sonic Rush, Sonic Rush, um, I've mentioned, was my first current Sonic game, so I was going to use the word modern, but then people would say, it's not a modern game, it has the boost, but it... No, I mean modern as in modern for the time when it came out. It was brand new. Because previously before that, I had played a lot of Sega Master System. Sonic Rush was the first Sonic game I had because, um, you know, we're going to get the comments again, who is Mario? But as a child, I had a Master System. I didn't have a Master System. It wasn't mine. But, you know, I played the Master System. It was my dad's. Um, and we had the Master System. But after that, I actually sort of graduated into a Mario kid, really. Because I had a DS. And I really liked Mario, and then we got a Wii, and I really liked Mario, but for a while I was like an ultra Mario kid, which is weird to think about now, because I, I for the most part, don't really like Mario that much, <laughs> um, with the exception of a few games. 
Um, Sonic Rush, I remember getting that for the DS, uh, Christmas one year. Probably 2000 and... It, it can't have been 2005, but maybe it was. I want to say it was 2006, but that's really late to get the game, but... Um, let's call it 2005, actually. Christmas 2005. Uh, I got the game, and it was my first experience with a modern Sonic game. I hadn't played a Sonic game for a few years at that point, and... I was very bad at it, but I fell in love with it, and... I just remember really enjoying Right There, Right On. And I mentioned in Hasty History, it led to me rediscovering the soundtrack uh, years later, because I wasn't too much into video game music, you know, as, as like listening to VGM, hunting it down, and just listening to the soundtracks outside of the game. Until like 2011, 2012, I think. That was when I started becoming interested in that, and the, one of the first things when I got interested in uh, video game music, once again, outside the games, one of the first ones I looked up was, um, oh, what's that one song from that one uh, Sonic Rush? Because I knew my Sonic games. What was that one song called? So I, look, I looked it up, Googled it into it, right there, right on. And um, it was around this time, I think. Um, yeah, I still hadn't got beyond the first level. But I, I heard right there, right on. I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. I need to pick up the game again. So I... Um, I still had my DS copy at that point. This was before I sold it, because I sold it at some point, and I regret doing that. Um, I have the game back now, but it's not my, it's not my copy, that's the point. Uh, but, yeah, but at some point before I sold the game, um, I did something. What am I trying to say here? I forgot. Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, the music's so good, I've got to go back and play this game. So I did, and then I fell in love with the rest of the soundtrack and the rest of the levels, and actually I still haven't beaten the game. <laughs> Um, the furthest I've ever got is... I want to say... I can't remember the name of the level. It's not a huge crisis. That's Zone 5. Zone 6. The stage that has Get Edgy is the song. Um, I remember getting to the boss fight there, and that was like a rage quit moment. But that's right at the end of the game as well, pretty much. But I've never got beyond there, and I've not really tried since, to be honest. One day I will. It's a really good game. Just, eh... Super Monkey Ball 3D, I can actually talk about this one as well, because I have played Super Monkey Ball 3D. I don't get why this game gets so much flack. I love Fr Monkey Ball 3D. wasn't as good as 1 or 2 or Deluxe, but in my opinion, it's the best post-Amusement uh, Visions Monkey Ball game. Really had a great time with this one. Beat it in an afternoon um, around a family member's house once. I was really bored and I was like, yeah, I found a copy of a Monkey Ball 3D for a fiver. Why not? You get back to the house, play it, uh, beat the game, including the bonus uh, world, which you have to meet some requirements to get into. Beat the game, and I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed that, actually. I didn't use the gyroscope, I used the joystick, and it, yeah, it felt way more linear than um, the first few Monkey Ball games, but I still really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great experience, personally, and one of the complaints people had about the game when it first came out was, oh, the music's bland, but actually, I love the music. It's one of my favourite Hideki soundtracks, it's pretty underrated. There are some songs on there that aren't his, and some that are reused from other games, but generally, generally, it's a really great game, and I'd recommend you check it out, especially £5, as I said, really cheap, because it was a launch title for the console, um, so it's never really going to be expensive, but yeah, get the game, my stuff. Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, I bought the game at one point, but it contained a copy of Step and Roll inside instead of Banana Blitz, and I really didn't want to play Step and Roll, so I took it back. <laughs> I never played it. I've seen people play it. The music looks good, but the game itself looks, uh, nah. Nah. Oh, oh, actually, no, the game looks good. It's just the motion controls. The motion controls really ruin it. 
Yakuza 5. I haven't played Yakuza 5, but uh, I always hear people say this is one of the weaker Yakuza's. Um, some people might disagree, but I always just see that one thrown around. I bought the game on a sale on PSN, but I haven't played it because I haven't played 3 or 4 yet. But I will get around to Yakuza 5 once I get 3, because 3 isn't on PSN for some reason, so it's never on sale. Therefore, I have to actually get the disc of it, which is creeping up in price. It's around £30 now. Ouch. Yakuza Kenzen. Don't know anything about it. Haven't really played it. There we go. Um, but that was... Uh, that was the segment where we just talk random nonsense. Um, also, people keep pinging me. What are you pinging me about, people? Uh, Sora no Kitsune says, Do you like the Project Diva Vocaloid games? Um, you clearly missed my rant about this earlier on when we were, when we were uh, kicking off the show. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love the Project Diva games. I've also ranted about it before. I don't get why they haven't made the games... Um, well, I haven't made Sega Rhythm games out of the Project Eva engine, because it's made by AM2, so it is a really solid rhythm game. Just, why have they never, you know, made a Sega Rhythm game out of it, rather than a Miku Rhythm game? It makes no sense to me, personally. But, yeah, I've been playing it throughout the week. I got back into it for the first time in about nine months, and uh, that was a mistake, but... Oh, well. Um, what else are you saying? So, uh, Shaddix is at Domino's right now. It's good to know. When is Shaddix never eating pizza or at Domino's? But all we know is, um, I think we're going to be know. I think we know what he's going to be ordering tonight, if, if you get where I'm going with this. Hi, Hound. Sorry. There we go. A nice giggling Jamie in the background. But, uh, I th- fairly safe to say he's gonna have a cheese and tomato. I think it's fairly safe to say that you guys are gonna breeze through this easy question over at the Trivia Coast. Trivia Coast. We are back at the Trivia Ghost, and you may recall I asked you the hard question a while back, which was... I go scroll up on Twitter. Um, what is the online username of the creator of the Sega Graffiti from the HD port of Jet Set Radio? That was the hard question. The medium question was, what was the name of the DVD Skank Funk provided music for? And the easy question, worth one point. Best of luck, people. It goes a little something like this. Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight was released on December 4th, 2018. However, the game launched under an alternate name on May 24th, 2018. What was the game known as in Japan? So what was Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight known as in Japan? Let me know your answer and while we do that, we're going to be getting back into our chronological Hideki music and, well... We, we've been. We, this show has been going for an hour and forty minutes, and so far we're only at the year two thousand. And you know what was released in the year two thousand? Jet Set Radio. And I had to think of. I had to think of a track that we've never played on this show or on the Dreamcast Hour or on any other show. And I came up with a blank, except for one song. One song from the original Jet Set Radio that we have never played that is made by Hideki. It is known as Let Mum Sleep, right here on the Topical Resort. Yeah. <laughs> 
look at the funk. Could you stop playing with that radio, Lord? I'm trying to get to sleep.
entries for the Trivia Coast are now closed. Trivia Coast. Right, well, Jamie wanted a repeat of the easy question, and Superbike has done my job for me. So, if you missed it, the easy question was, how many nipples do the cows have in Space Channel 5? That'll do, I guess. Anyway, it's the Topical Resort, this is Radio Sega, and this is the Trivia Coast Results Show, even though this is a show in itself, eh? It's, uh, it's a little box-in-a-box thing, but, uh, you know, ru- Russian dolls, don't tell anyone about this. That's a track there from JSA Radio Future, known as Oldies But Happies. Indeed, it was a goodie. Before that, from Jet Set Radio, that was Let Mom Sleep, or Let Mom Sleep, because um, if you're American, the woman in that in that certainly is an American. She's from uh, Hancock's Half Hour, and there's nothing particularly American about that track whatsoever, so it's Let Mom Sleep, damn it. I will continue to say it the British way, and someone will say, oh, you have a nice accent, because that seems to happen every once in a while when I say something the British way. Um, so... Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, th- that'd be a nice start. Anyway, um, so it's the Trivia Coast Results Show, so the entries are now closed. Thank you very much to everyone who entered. It was a pretty good bunch of you today, actually. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Let me never say that again. Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight was released on December 4th, 2018. However, the game launched under an alternate name on May 24th, 2018. What was the game known as in in Japan? They didn't have a plan because they had to change the name when it came out in the West. See, I saved that one. I saved it, people. The answer was Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight. So they changed the name from Dancing in Moonlight to Dancing Moon Knight. Oh, no, the other way round. Ah. They changed it from Dancing Moon Knight to Dancing in Moonlight, because apparently that's better English or something, I guess. Because, I don't know. But I, I think Persona 3 Dancing Moon Knight is still a perfectly serviceable name. Just, eh, okay. Whatever. So, congratulations to Veritex and Electric Boogaloo for getting... The one points there, well done, yay. I don't have a clap sound effect, um, so instead enjoy your virtual applause in your head like an absolute madman. Um, to both of you, multiple madmen actually. Um, I, I'd say I'd say Veritex is the more mad of the two men in this instance, but congratulations to you both. The medium question. Hideki is mostly known for his game music, but some would also know him for his anime soundtracks. What was the name of the DVD he composed a song for? That's purposely misleading, because the DVD has nothing to do with anime whatsoever. So many of you said, is it Air Gear? Is it this version of Air Gear? Is it, um... Is it... What was the other one that people were saying? There was, there was another game... Oh, there was another anime that people keep guessing. Um... What was it... Oh yeah, Gintama, they kept guessing Gintama. Uh, Superbike was really desperate for this point and he couldn't get it. Um, he, at one point he tried Ryogagotoku Kenzen. Um, I liked his thinking there, but that is a Blu-ray, that is not a DVD. And um, it also wasn't the correct answer, but I, yeah. Uh, the correct answer was for a little DVD known as Dance no Shikara. 
dance, no shikada, he composed a song under the name of Skank Funk. So congratulations to Electric Boogaloo, Supersonic Swag, Jamie64326, and I think Veritex. Yeah, congratulations to all of you guys for getting your points. Uh, let me actually look up what Dance Shikara is. I think I know what it is. But, um... Dance No Shikara was, in fact, a... Yeah, I think it's just a general exercise DVD featuring a Skank Funk remix. And a lot of people... I, I, I said to Supersonic Swag in the DMs, I knew a lot of people were going to go, Eh, that's too difficult. The medium question is harder than the hard question this week. But Dance No Shikara is literally at the bottom of his Wikipedia page. And if you read the Wikipedia page, like, don't read the table bit, read the biography... It mentions that Dance No uh, Shikara is actually a DVD. <laughs> so, <laughs> you played yourself there, people. It's literally on the Wikipedia page. Congratulations to you guys. Now it's time for the hard question. The hard question was, the original Jet Set Radio had a real-life graffiti contest as a marketing campaign, but it also had the ability to download custom graffiti in-game. Sadly, this feature was omitted from the HD releases, not excluding hacking on the PC version, but to try and make up for it, Sega held a contest where fans could submit graffiti in the game. What is the online alias of the creator of the game's Sega Graffiti? Um, I had a lot of different answers actually. I had um, I had sort of this person's actual name quite a lot. Electric Boogaloo at one point just said Sonic. Uh, it wasn't Sonic. Um, there were quite a few. Uh, they also gave different uh, variants of the alias, but the answer, the answer was someone you've probably actually seen around on uh, Twitter quite a bit, and you've perhaps seen them around the sa station once or twice. The answer is Linkabell. Congratulations to Veritex, to uh, I think Electric Boogaloo, and Supersonic Swag. Supersonic Swag especially, as he actually did that off his own memory, he didn't even need to Google anything, he just <laughs> remembered that he did it. Congratulations to Supersonic Swag and everyone else who pieced together the answers because what you were meant to do is you were meant to find a video that was released back in the day that announced the graffiti winners. Then you'd see, oh, this person made the same graffiti. And then you were meant to fall for that trap and answer, oh, I'm going to just answer their name for this one. That's not right. Then you fall into the trap. Then you Google their name. Oh, that's, that's, their, that's their username. I'll answer that one. Then you win the points. And uh, quite a few of you just gave up on the first hurdle. So... So, that, that's, that's, I, I class that as the hard question because I had multiple steps to it versus just going on Wikipedia, but apparently looking at the bottom of a Wikipedia page is quite difficult, so maybe I misjudged that one quite grossly. Anyway, congratulations to everyone who entered the trivia coast, and if you didn't enter or you didn't get the points, there's always next week. Because perhaps you might know a little bit more about the topic at hand, or maybe you just might be a bit more prepared to answer the questions. But, yeah, that's next week, and this is now... Um, what else you been saying in the chat just before I leave you? Uh, just talking about talking about GOG, weight loss, and how weird Japan is. Yep, never change chat room. Anyway, something that never changes is that Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz has a fantastic soundtrack. And one thing that never changes as well is that Hideki Naganuma, under under his... Actually, was it under his? I don't think it was. Never mind. Um, Hideki Naganuma composed a single song for the game. I mentioned earlier on in the show, I highly speculate that this is a remix of the Ice World from Super Monkey Ball Touch and Roll. But he's never confirmed it officially. And people also would say it's a coincidence, but I, no, it's not a coincidence to me. This track is known as South Pole, the Winter Banana Pretz Mix. 
but you probably know it better in game as the theme of Smooth Sherbert. And you might also know it better as a uh, remix of Raising Me Up, because it's a remix of a track from a Muggable game and Raising Me Up at the same time, because that's just sort of how Hideki works. Anyway, we'll be back in just a second, but for now, enjoy the Super Muggable goodness. Mwah!
show, same host, different topic. This is the Topical Resort. an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Your knife feels so good there from Black Panther New York. Here's a chapter before that from Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. That was South Pole, the Winter Banana Pretz mix, the theme of Smooth Sherbet. 
and we're back. It's the Buyo menu theme, so that means we're running low on time. That didn't even go with the song whatsoever, but there is no topic mix tonight because, well, we still got quite a few more tracks to play in the history of Hideki. That's what it's now officially called right at the end of the show. Um, but we've, we've got some more awesome tracks coming up. Uh, next week on the Toppy Mix, though, we got some great, great tunes coming up. we got Junsunoi The Works 3. we got some new Bentley Jones. We've probably got some new stuff that we've added as a result of the Hideki episode. There's a bunch of stuff which we could play on next week's Toppy Mix. But for now, we've got to keep the show going and we've got to continue on with some Super Monkey Ball 3D released in 2011. This is a track known as Freak Tonight. But you may be thinking, well, I've requested the Super Monkey Ball 3D soundtrack quite a lot on the playlist, or I've heard it quite a lot on the 24-7 or on shows, and I don't remember a track called Freak Tonight. Well, that's because all the tracks actually have names, and we don't have them named on the playlist. But you probably know, in that case, you would probably know Freak Tonight better as the theme of World 7, and this is the album mix. This is the topical result. This is Radio Sega. This is the Hideki special. This is episode 50, and this is awesome. off your Radio Sega live weekend, this is the Topical Resort with Green Viper 8.
that snazzy music can only mean one thing. It's time for the end of the top resort, right here on Radio Sega. That was a track from Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight or Dancing Moon Knight, if you got the easy question correct. That was When the Moon's Reaching Out Stars, you know that nice English title, but it's the Hideki Naganuma remix. For that from Super Monkey Ball 3D, a track known as Freak Tonight, the theme of World 7 and the album mix, the mix which we don't have on Radio Sega, which actually has a proper ending and doesn't sound like it's coming out of a tin can and is only looped once instead of twice. Various features about that track. There's also some unused tracks on the Super Monkey Ball 3D soundtrack which we don't have on the playlist, such as a track known as Polti Polti, which is used in the game's trailers, but actually never appears in game because it was cut from the game. That's one of my personal favourites and it doesn't appear in the game. Very sad. Also Vendor Pop. You know, we talked about this the other week, but Vendor Pop from Yakuza 5 was originally composed for Super Monkey Ball 3D. And I think it actually somehow works better in Yakuza compared to the more light-hearted Monkey Ball. So, bye. Yeah, you know, cute little monkeys and bulls versus uh, the Japanese mafia beating up people. Um, it, it works better in that game. Who knew? It, this goofy song that sounds like it'd be sort of like an ice cream parlor works better in the Japanese crime drama. Video games, video games, people. Um, anyway, thank you for thank you everyone who's been listening into the show. We've had a bunch of people in the chat room, such as Superbike Veritex, Jamie six four three two six, Ace Croft, Skyblaze forty two, um, IR nineteen eighty. Sora no Kitsune, Doan2300, uh, Gamer 98 um, some other people who I'm probably missing out right now, um, I'm scrolling but Discord scrolls very slowly, we had Ravseek earlier on, Supersonic Swag, Electric Boogaloo, some other people, if I missed you I apologise, scream at me now that you missed me, um, Superbike says, is Collision Theory coming back to the request list? It was never on the request list, but that's an interesting question. I really want it to. Um, I will need to check with KC though, because um, originally his rules were he didn't want remixes from now on to be requestable at all. The rules I want to implement is I want albums, or you know, new remix albums to be requestable, but I don't want uh, songs. And I'm going to have to ask people, I think I might have already asked people, but I might ask again as to how other staff members feel about this, but I feel that that's the best course of action. Allowing remixes, or remix albums to be requestable, but not individual ones, so... And Sonic CD Temporal Durality, you can request that, but you can't request... Um, an individual OC remix, like... Uh, I'm trying to think of one, a... No, I can't think of anything. I'm, I'm coming up blank. I don't know any OC... 3D Pinball Space Cadet. I know it's not Sega, but you can't request a song individually from that game because it's not on an album it's just an individuality remix but that's what I want to do and in which case that would make uh, Collision Theory requestable but I need to check with Casey A if he thinks it's a good idea uh, hello if you're listening again and B um, more importantly is there any contracts in place to stop that because perhaps part of the agreement in making the album free or for charity was that it would never be available on Radio Sega for example that might have been one of the parts of getting everyone involved for free. Um, I don't really know. That's something I'd have to check. But at the very least, you can download the soundtrack for yourself. But you, you know, you can download the album yourself for free over at Bandcamp because we're no longer doing the charity drive for it, so it's completely free. You can go and download that. But as we're requesting, I hope it comes to the request playlist. But 
I'll have to let you guys know on that. I will keep you informed because I really do quite enjoy the Collision Theory album. Anyway, next week, I'm sure you want to know what next week is, and uh, there's no special occasion going on next week, so I am free to tell you now that we're going back to an episode that I promised you earlier. We're going back to the Sega channel next week. You know, no running about like a crazy lunatic, no losing my files, no feeling tired. We're going back to the Sega channel because I'm really looking forward to this topic. I'm going to put my all into this one, guys. Trust me. I will put everything I can into this one because I'm really interested in the Sega channel and I want to deliver you guys a great show as I did with the Play Sega service because it's very similar, obscure Mega Drive type stuff and, well, yeah, we clearly needed more Mega Drive music on the show, but there's just so much interesting stuff that relates to the Mega Drive, but that's just because, well, it's the most loved console, really, of the bunch, so that's how it becomes so much interesting stuff comes up for it. Anyway, Sega channel next week, Friday at 7pm. Do join me then. But as for now, there is one final track to play, and yeah, this one isn't in chronological order. It's also not a Sega track. I don't care. It's awesome. We played it on the show before. We're playing it again because I really want to hear it. From War of Brains, this is Feel the Power in Your Soul. I've been Green Vaporate. You all have been awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay topical. Feel the power. Just feel the music. Feel the power.
soul. Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.